And I think applesauce has no place at the Thanksgiving table. Sorry. Applesauce absolutely has a place at the Thanksgiving nope. table. Whoa! And listeners, what do you do tune with in it? next week what do you do for with us it? to have a full You just put it on your plate and it just over what ekes into everything else table. and makes it taste yeah. like applesauce. It has no place at Thanksgiving. Oh my god. Wow. Happy Thanksgiving! <laughs> Coming to you from the brilliant minds of Hipster at Home, you're listening to We Should Start a Band, a podcast about the trials and tribulations of being suitably hipster. Welcome back to We Should Start a Band, a podcast where we're not experts, we're just highly opinionated. I'm Cold Brew Kombucha, and today I'm joined by... Heritage Avocado Toast. And Retro Denim Jacket. Today we're going to be carving in to Thanksgiving feasts and serving up some divisive opinions, (laughs) much like any other Thanksgiving dinner would be. But I think first, Retro Denim Jacket has a follow-up for us. Yes, we were reached out to by a very lovely loyal listener who was asking about the squares and rectangles and the squash and the pumpkins. And after a bit of research, it has been noted that pumpkins are both a squash and a gourd, because gourds are decorative and squash can be eaten. So we added a third term into the mix. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Also, I've got to follow up on that. When you said during uh, the recording last week that uh, the square rectangle thing, I was not thinking of the like all squares or circles, but not all whatever that phrase is. I thought you were (laughs) actually referring to growing like gourds and pumpkins square, like they have square watermelons. (laughs) So that's why I said I was very confused, paused and said... uh, no, because I thought you were talking about square pumpkins. <laughs> but now I kind of want a square pumpkin. Have you guys seen that man that grows pumpkins in the shape of faces, like Halloween faces, like Frankenstein and stuff like that? No. Like, does he set stuff up so they grow around? No, he grows them inside of a mold. Oh. Huh. So the pumpkin, as it grows, fills out the mold and ends up looking like the face. It's insane. I'll send it to you. Well, he's already got his horror villain name picked out right away. Pumpkin face. (laughs) (laughs) Gourd face. Rind face. Is it a rind? A pumpkin rind? The skin? Mm, Is it rind? Like watermelons? Rind? Oh, gosh. I I really didn't want to get back into the research department on gourd squashes and pumpkins again. Your phone ads are never going to be the same. At least you'll probably get Shacket taken off. Well, this says that <laughs> the difference between a gourd and a squash is the harder skin often used more for decoration. So I guess skin? All right, we're going, we're going with skin. That's it. We're done. Let's move on to Thanksgiving. The board is oh, spoken. Wait. Hold up. Apparently, a pumpkin is technically a berry. N- no. This is like just, the, just, the cucumber no. and the tomato just, is a... No. Yep. Cucumbers, watermelons, bananas, tomatoes are also berries. I'm just... <laughs> I'll give you one of these berries a in a minute. We're moving not on. Flesh, <laughs> mad. Fleshy fruit that has many seeds. So there you go. Fleshy fruit debut album. I'm calling BS. Someone's just trying to be divisive. So even though we would normally start with the... Uh, with, I guess... A main course. I think that we should dive right back into the fight that we were having previously. Sauces. 
Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I don't even care if you put cinnamon on top of that applesauce. Stand by my position last week. It has no place at Thanksgiving. Well, you don't have a choice because we're having it Thanksgiving. Applesauce is delicious. Because it belongs there. Applesauce is good for any time, including Thanksgiving. It's going to have a place called Left in the Kitchen. Then you're going to have to eat it all by yourself later. So, you know, think that one through. It'll go moldy soon and then I can throw it away. I think in all honesty, Disgusting Sauces does um, tie in quite well to turkey because you do have a lot of sauces for your turkey. Yes. Yeah, the traditional turkey sauce. Traditional turkey sauce. Liquefied dark meat. (laughs) I will eat applesauce straight and I will eat cranberry sauce straight and Mm. cranberry relish (laughs) because I just like them. Yeah. But they are especially delicious when put on top of turkey. Yes. I don't think that that's an argument. I don't know... I'm not a huge sauce sauce person. I, As we've talked about before in many of our food episodes, I don't like my things to touch. <laughs> that includes <laughs> sauces. So I will put a side of cranberry sauce and a side of applesauce and not mix it in with my turkey unless you until you get to the really dry bits that need a little bit of extra moisture. What is not okay is when people mix cranberry sauce and applesauce together on their plate. No. I am fine with cran apple. That is okay. What bastardized Thanksgiving food are you creating on your plate? This is a holiday, not a science lab. The devil himself wouldn't even accept that. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Heritage Avocados has nothing to say because he's still angry that we are accepting applesauce on a plate. Well, I've been overruled two to one, but not all all votes and opinions can be correct. Well... How many times are you going to get canceled in our, like, first 30 episodes? <laughs> <laughs> we really only have him here because we couldn't just sit here and agree with each other all the time. I know, right? It gets so boring. <laughs> it, just, it goes with pork. It doesn't go with turkey. It's fine with turkey. Yeah. It's fine on its own. If you had a slice of pork with applesauce on it and a slice of turkey with applesauce on it and you give them to chefs in a blind tasting test, they're going to have the turkey and punch you in the face 100% of the time. (laughs) Wow. Violent chefs. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think they're going to punch you in the face. They will because it's such an egregious offense to the bird. Lord. (sighs) Jeez. If it must be there, it needs to be in a bowl with a small spoon at the far corner where it's next to the really annoying relative that nobody wants to ask, hey, could you please pass the applesauce? Whoa! (laughs) No, that's where, like, the jello goes. You have jello at Thanksgiving? Sometimes. With with cat food in it? Like, the, uh... Uh-huh. No, that's Christmas. <laughs> that's Christmas, but same. I'm oh, sorry. I get Jello and major holidays confused. <laughs> yeah, there was a lengthy conversation today about uh, Jellos in the house, so it's fresh on I'm the okay brain. I'm okay with Jello. It seems strange at Thanksgiving, though. Like an ambrosia salad type thing? or Yeah, I think so. I think that's mm. that's what they were getting at. All right. That's okay. I've never had that at Thanksgiving. No. No, but I, I could see it being there. I could see it being there. Yeah. Yeah. The closest I've ever, I feel like we've ever gotten to gelatinous things would be cranberry jelly. Oh, yeah. I used to yeah. eat that with a spoon. Yeah. Oof. 
I, I do miss here that it doesn't come out of the can in the shape of the can that you can slice. Yeah, I mean, it's better that way, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I have an interesting uh, cranberry journey that I've taken through my life. I grew up with the sliceable from a can edition, and man, did I dislike that. More than applesauce. I will take applesauce Whoa. on the table over that stuff. Yep. And then, so I said, oh, I, I hate cranberry sauce. And then I ran into this family who makes 15 different types of cranberry sauces and found <laughs> that I like the homemade ones um, much better, especially the relish. Yeah. The zesty relish is really fresh and good. Yeah, yeah I, I will go relish above regular cranberry sauce. And I don't know what it is, but like a relish isn't as much of a sauce for me. So it's okay to put on top of the turkey <laughs> <laughs> see yeah, i really like that on turkey it's also really good on turkey sandwiches the next day yeah i don't oh, find the cranberry oh, sauce sandwiches. holds up as holds up as well just hit my my recording device there but i do like the the freshness of the relish yeah if you're not making the post thanksgiving sandwich with the cranberry on one piece of bread the mayo on the other piece of bread stacked with turkey stuffing and all those fixings in there like you are not doing your after thanksgiving right also top tip you can mix in a little bit of gravy because if the gravy has is cold and it's a bit more solidified you can spread that on mm-hmm. to a bread as well mm-hmm. you could even swap that out for the mayo mm-hmm. yeah do not discount next day gravy Oh. <laughs> That's a debut album, Next Day Gravy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the leftovers are, are good. I can't think of many other sauces, though. Well, I guess the gravy itself. Yeah. If you would count yeah. that as a sauce. Because I think the thing is, too, that you call cranberry sauce and applesauce and all that a sauce. But it's not really a sauce in the traditional sense. Is it actually a gourd? Mm-hmm. It's actually a gourd, yeah. Um, it's actually a berry. It's a rectangular <laughs> berry. <laughs> but it's usually, it's more of like a food item on its own that just happens to go well with the other, like with the main food. Right. So like the cranberry, so the cranberry orange relish, that's fine on its own, but it tends to be better with the turkey. But the cranberry sauce, which I always make with port, sometimes too much port. Well, is there such thing as too much port? No. Absolutely not. Okay. Even the time you're referring to, I still think it was pretty good. (laughs) A few people might have gotten drunk just off the cranberry sauce. Did you call it drunken (laughs) cranberry sauce? (laughs) You know when you're adding things and you taste it and you're like, no, this could use more. Uh Uh-huh. But your palate is like acclimating to what you're tasting and you should probably ask somebody else's opinion. Or you're drinking it at the same time. So you're really not sensitive to it. Yeah, exactly. So a bottle of port later. (laughs) (laughs) See, I always, I never really consider gravy a sauce. Like, I I know it it probably is in the the sauce tree. But because it comes, you know, as a derivation of whatever the main meat you've been cooking to start with, that's turkey, chicken, beef, lamb drippings, that's usually the basis for your gravy. To me, it always feels more like an accompaniment that goes with the meat as opposed to its own sauce. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I consider it a sauce. It's a gravy sauce. I think it has to be. I just never think of it as one, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I suppose we should clear up quickly for any British listeners just a quick run through of what you tend to have at Thanksgiving. Because I know a lot of British listeners, like a lot of our British friends and colleagues and stuff seem to think that it's exactly the same as your traditional Christmas dinner. <laughs> no. So 
Traditionally, Thanksgiving dinner would have turkey with gravy and usually cranberry or applesauce or both. Some sort of green vegetable, usually like a green beans or something. And tends to have like mashed potato or sweet potato. Mm -hmm. Things you are not going to typically find. And now obviously, everyone's are different, but you are not going to find Brussels sprouts because that's not really a Thanksgiving food. You tend to not find parsnips as much because they're just not as common in the U.S. And you're definitely not going to find bread sauce, whatever the hell that is. Nope. What it, What did you just? What is the words that just came out of your mouth? Bread sauce. <laughs> what What's a bread sauce? A sauce made from bread. It, it, from what I can tell, it is sauce made of bread. And there are many people here that love it to death, probably because they grew up with it from child age yeah. and still have an affection for it but having tried it cold as an adult i, I mean as in for the first time <laughs> i've had it cold and warm yeah i don't rate it mm-hmm. got it it sounds like a bread pudding but just not tasty oh and yorkshire pudding you won't find that yeah um actually we only have two surviving documents of what was served for the very first thanksgiving oh uh-huh. and, and it appears to mostly be venison fish wild fowl uh, and some corn. So they didn't get too crazy. Yeah. So it was really the food that they had laying around that they could yeah. hunt and or but, harvest. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I think Thanksgiving is, is basically a, a turkey, a potato product of one or more variety, <laughs> some sort of green vegetable, <laughs> and then various sides and sauces. But there's a lot of them. So it's meant to be more of a feast. Christmas dinner is, is large by default. Thanksgiving is going out of its way to be extra large. Yeah. It's the hold my beer of holiday feasts. (laughs) Yeah. Thanksgiving is the how many things can we fit on this table? And then do we need a side table as well? And will the table collapse under this weight? Yeah. And there's a lot of regional variances too. And it's essentially about having leftovers. (laughs) (sighs) And I will say, like, I'm a huge fan of... uh, end of week turkey tetrazzini with all the leftover picked picked over bird if you will what is tetrazzini it's like a mushroom and cream sauce and it's a casserole there's also the stick the carcass into a giant stock pot and oh yes and boil it down a bit and get some some turkey soup yeah i will say i like turkey soup better than chicken soup Mm mm-hmm if you haven't used turkey stock, you're not living your life. The, the problem with the turkey carcass, though, to make stock is just the size. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really have to break it down, but then also you just need a big enough pot. Speaking of big enough pot, I think we need to uh, to address the elephant in the room as to whether you plan to oven roast your turkey or deep fry it. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's also br- whether or not you brine a turkey. Mm-hmm. True. Now, would you brine a turkey with a deep fried turkey? Not an expert on that, but I have had it many times, but I don't think I've ever had it brined. But there is a thing called injectables where you, you like fill it with like oil, water, and then the, the herbs, and then you, well, you inject the turkey <laughs> with said herbs to get the flavor in there. The Boston market effect. Maybe. <laughs> oh, Lord. The deep fried turkey is much faster to cook. It's true. And I, I think it's nice. It's it's noticeably different, but not really in a bad way. But it is very dangerous. You have to make sure that bird is completely thawed, as dry as you can get it, at the right temperature. you got to be protected. It's got to be on a driveway, preferably far away from your home. 
<laughs> just in well, case things go south. So that's what the brining doesn't make sense for me, because you're essentially soaking it in a salt water and you're trying to dry out the turkey for the frying. Yeah, so but that same with the injectables. Because the injectables water. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly what usually goes mm. into it. Yeah. I just don't trust myself to fry anything. So it's definitely not happening with turkey. Yeah, it would be interesting to know which holiday people are more likely to light their lawns on fire, Thanksgiving or 4th of July? Because I, I have a feeling it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. People are drinking more at 4th of July usually. Yeah, but by the time you're putting your turkey into the giant vat of hot oil. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've had brined turkeys that have been delicious, and I have had brined turkeys that have been absolute disasters. So I think unless you're confident in your brining skills, don't brine it. <laughs> just just roast it in the oven. Yeah, my mother, bless her, she's, she's a very good cook, but the one year she did try to brine a turkey, it went leathery. Oh, no. And so <laughs> we, we had to have a second Thanksgiving like a couple days later. <laughs> To make up for it, because we all put in a complaint <laughs> about the fact that it didn't work no, out. Put in a complaint. It tasted great. Oh, no. The flavor was on point. It just, it just was. Yeah, exactly. It. You just, yeah, you just had to suck the turkey. Oh, my. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to recuse myself now. <laughs> Our denim jacket's about to leave. <laughs> Yeah, Richard Denim Jacket has a snippet, for, I think, from the interwebs to, to impart. But just to close out my part of the discussion, I have I, I think I prefer oven-roasted turkey uh, in the end. I think uh. the skin gets uh, a nicer golden brown. It's crisper, and I think it just tastes a little nicer. But the deep-fried is, is fine and can be uh, so juicier. Actually, sorry, Richard Denim Jacket, but quickly, because he just said it's crisper. Good. That was actually the first time mm -hmm. I had... Deep fried turkey, I was expecting, like, Kentucky fried turkey type of situation. <laughs> but actually, no. no, the skin gets, like, crisper and more golden in the oven. It does, yeah. The oil, it doesn't have the same effect on it. It's not soft skin, um, but you wouldn't bite into it and or try to carve into it and go, oh, that that's, that's not a crunch. Like you get on, especially on the breast meat, you get a, a crunch if you've done it right on yeah. the oven method. Mm -hmm. But it's still good. But anyway, what was your... Uh... Oh, I was trying to do research on uh, which holiday is more dangerous. And I think it's going to have to be a follow-up for next week because all the stuff that pops up is about the most dangerous holidays to drive in America. Oh, which would be Thanksgiving. It's got to be Thanksgiving. Which yeah, um, there's there's six of them. If in, if you would like me to impart this wisdom, I think Thanksgiving's usually number one, um, though, isn't it? The the yeah, uh, usually because the problem with Thanksgiving is that it happens on the fourth Thursday of the month, and you basically have to leave work and or school late on Wednesday to get to Grandma's house. So, but it's everybody traveling at that time it's not like christmas where kind of people ease into their destinations yeah so they say that actually based on statistics it's fourth of july is the deadliest holiday to the deadliest holiday of the year really but is that just driving or does that account all the fireworks people light off in their in their hands um because i'd buy that yeah. for sure I, I would say busiest a and &E. the others are thanksgiving <laughs> yeah right 
Um, the other ones are Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving New Year's Day, Christmas, Labor Day, Memorial Day. Memorial Day, really? Yeah, that's a weird one for me too. Um, picnics, people going to picnics and barbecues and and parades. Don't know. I mean, there's only so many public holidays in the U.S. So if you got the major ones on there, you start to and you're making a list of X number. You have to reach into the well. I do know that Thanksgiving is supposed to be one of the biggest travel holidays because it is one of those things yeah. that everyone celebrates. It's because it's not a religious holiday. Okay, so the statistics are based on traffic accidents and fatalities. Ah. Huh. But I'd be very interested to see what the reports are on like ER traffic. Yeah. I'm still surprised 4th of July is higher. Yeah. Because you're traveling know, usually right? for that like midday or morning when it's good when weather. Is this- as opposed to at night, 5 p.m., leaving work, get the kids going to family house. Well, so I actually wonder when this is from, because I remember when we were growing up, it was always Thanksgiving had the most traffic accidents and all that. As a result, a lot of schools and work started to try to vary up when they let people out, and more people were cautious, mm-hmm. so maybe it's now shifted because everyone knew that that was the most dangerous day. And had planned accordingly. This is based on statistics from 2012, so eight years ago, nine years ago, I guess. So their estimated fatalities were 100 and... Oh, no, that's New Year's Day. I was going, where did Thanksgiving go? Where are you? Thanksgiving estimated fatalities were 436. Deaths prevented by seatbelts were 158. Independence Day estimated fatalities were 540. And deaths prevented by seatbelts were 196. So, about 100 difference. So, apparently Thanksgiving is the leading day, uh, according to the National Fire Protection Association, Thanksgiving is by far the leading day for U.S. home cooking fires. Yeah. That checks. Three times as many that 100% as any checks. other day. Well, that makes sense. Um, I think you're more likely yeah. to try your hand at cooking a large meal for family on your first Thanksgiving. If you move into your own house, new couples, and if you haven't had to do that before, you know, that's that's the danger zone. Oh, Yeah. And you're probably going to somewhere else for thanks for Christmas, but you're more likely to say, oh, we'll do Thanksgiving this year. And you've never done a turkey. You don't know about deep frying in the, in the, the ice or anything about large rounds of cooking. Because it's not, it's not just like one little batch you need to make. You have to make enough for, on average, I would say somewhere between uh, six to 20 people, depending on the size of your family. Yeah. It's the biggest one for kitchen fires and home fires. And the top cause is um, apparently grease fires from turkeys. That checks. Followed by children in the kitchen, overcluttered kitchen, and leaving things unattended. So you officially have an excuse to kick the kiddos out of the kick, kitchen. Yes, it's a kick safety everyone hazard. out of the kitchen. Yes. Tell, stop putting stuff down on the counters that you just cleared off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It is a tough one because, you know, the phrase too many cooks in the kitchen is is true. And I think Thanksgiving, because it's so like communal and the whole point of it is to give thanks for something, people tend to be in good moods. There's football midweek for, you know, a lot of the country loves that. Mm-hmm. Um, you see family. I know there's politics that always come up and starts a fight, but people are, I think, more likely to wander into the kitchen to say, oh, can I help you? And say, no, no, thanks. And then more people come and it just, no, if... 
the host uh, family wants assistance. They will ask yeah. for it. It is a common one for everyone to stand around the kitchen. Also, because a lot of people bring a dish with them, then there's a mm-hmm. lot of, oh, I need mm-hmm. to get in and deal you know, with the end of my green beans or with whatever that I'm still making. So you end up with a lot of people doing that as well. I feel like the kitchen is now officially the place to hang out. And I will say that both my parents have redone their kitchen in the past couple years and they're well expanded. Mm-hmm. But, like, no one hangs out in a formal dining room parlor no. anymore. Like, everyone wants that open concept space where you can speak to someone who's working in the kitchen. Nobody wants to leave whoever it is who's cooking alone in the kitchen. Even if they want to be left Even alone. Even if they are trying <laughs> their damnedest to be left alone. <laughs> or you could always do it grandpa's, ma- grandpa's way, where you stand in the middle of the kitchen and don't offer to help, and people just have to go around you. <laughs> oh man i'm getting some flashbacks (laughs) i'm really bad today is there any anything in particular on the side dishes we want to talk about i will fully say that mashed potatoes is my favorite side really though mashed potatoes is like one of my favorite mashed potatoes are always i could leave i could leave mashed potatoes i don't need to have mashed potatoes i like sweet potatoes or mashed sweet potatoes. Mm, I think it's because I don't like sweet mm. potatoes that I land in the mashed potatoes See, I'm not a category. sweet potatoes with marshmallows person, though. <laughs> that's too much for me. And cornflakes. Yeah, no, that's a bridge too far. I'm more of like a baked or mashed sweet potatoes. <laughs> and I think mashed really works better because it's easier to put on a plate rather than like a whole sweet potato. Yeah. Yeah. I think just strictly on sweet potatoes, I prefer to just have a baked sweet potato. That you can cut open and put the butter on. But for Thanksgiving, it's probably easier to do a mash. Because nobody's eating a whole potato, like a whole baked potato or a whole baked sweet potato at Thanksgiving. Well, that's probably why they take the sweet potatoes or the yams and cut them up and candy them into the the, the quarter chunks. You can just take a quarter of one. I don't mind them with like brown sugar and butter, but I'm just not Mm. the marshmallows and cornflakes thing. The marshmallows. I find that very weird. I'm on team regular mashed potatoes. Woohoo! Yeah, I don't need them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> preferably preferably without the skin oh controversial oh, that's where the vitamins are i am not that fussy yeah i know that's where the vitamins are it's where the flavor isn't <laughs> <laughs> see i think <laughs> no normally if we're just as if normally if we're just making mashed potatoes in the home i'll just cut them up wash them cut them up and put them with the skin on but if I'm going for a fancy meal or a big a big thing, I'm, I might go the extra mile to peel them because I do prefer them without the skin. Yeah, they look nicer without the skin. Like if you're going for fancy. Yeah. But I just can't be bothered to peel them either. Yes, it's so much work. I, and also, if I'm going to have mashed potatoes. It's not appealing. <laughs> it's not appealing. No, it's not appealing. If I'm going to have mashed potatoes too, <laughs> I don't like that when people like overly puree them and they're basically like potato sauce. You know what I mean? I could do the, yeah, I mean, it is nice to get a little bit of texture in there instead of like the full whipped like you would for a mm. meringue. I feel like there is a balance in there between chonky and whipped. I don't need them super chonky, but I don't really get when they've been like full baby fooded. So if you can't pick the mashed potatoes up with a fork, yeah. it's going too far. You need a spoon to get in there. <laughs> You've gone too far. Do you guys eat your mashed potatoes with a spoon? Or your uh, sweet potatoes? No, fork. Fork. Pretty much fork everything. 
fork. Yeah. I I don't get the obsession with spoons. All about forking. I rarely use a spoon for any meal, actually. (laughs) Apart from, like, cereal or... Oh, I missed something there, didn't I? (laughs) I was about to say something, and then I realized it had to get bleeped. (laughs) So I stopped. Just say... No, just say it, because we'll either bleep it or Mm -hmm. cut it, and we've at least got it on the cutting room floor. Oh, well, I'm sorry. All right. I was going to say it's the forking. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I'm not a spoon, obviously, for soups and stews, but, and like, maybe, you know, ice cream or pudding, but not really spoons for many other things. No. Now, how do you eat your peas? With a knife, like any good Canadian Mountie? Is a trick question. I love when Dudley Do Right tries to get kicked uh, kicked out of the Mounties so he can go undercover and jo- join the villains for a mission. And he c- he can't do any wrong, so he can't get kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that that was the tipping point, I think, of the episode. He did something no Mountie would do, which was eat his peas with a knife, and that's what got him kicked out of the Mounties. <laughs> God, that's a good show. My issue with with mashed potatoes too, I think, is that if I'm it's not my favorite of the carb sides. Mm. So I would rather have like cornbread or rolls and stuffing. Yes, I agree. If I had to pick, like if it was on like Thanksgiving Survival Island and you had to pick one starchy carby side, I would pick a bread product. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about pumpkin cranberry bread, mm-hmm. which I could eat for the rest of my life. Yeah. For me, I think my favorite side is probably outside of cranberry sauces stuffing. I agree. Mm, mm-hmm. The combination of bread and like spices and meat juice and, and fruit and vegetables. Basically it's a it's a happy bread salad. <laughs> <laughs> it's what uh bread bread sauce should be. Yeah. Yeah. I do have strong opinions though. I do feel you should make your own stuffing. Because one, it's not too difficult, and it will have a bit more of a homey flavor and appearance. And I really don't like stovetop. I love stovetop. I don't like the texture. It's its own thing. Or the herb mix that's in it. There's something in it, and I don't know what it is. That it's delicious. You know, <laughs> people have the reactions <laughs> to like cilantro, and think I have a reaction to something in stovetop, and I don't know what, what it is exactly. It's too yellow as well. I love stovetop, but I wouldn't... I wouldn't have stovetop at Thanksgiving. No, but many, many people will. And I don't blame them because it is delicious. I will say this. Now, do you like your... St- Go ahead. Well, no, what were you going to ask? I was going to ask if you like your stuffing in the bird or cooked separate. I was actually going to say that. I do not put it in the bird. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> don't, don't put it in the bird. The I, don't, I, do not, I do not like to stuff the bird. Well, okay. That's, that's not entirely true. When I roast the bird, the bird, I like to put in, I like take a a white onion and an apple, and I chunk them up, and put those inside. So it's not super <laughs> stuffed, so there's still airflow, but then you get like the appley, oniony moisture. So you're sort of steaming the bird from the inside. Mm-hmm. I have a fear of stuffing the turkey because it <laughs> screws with the cooking time. <laughs> If it's too tightly <laughs> stuffed, because you don't have the airflow in that cavity.
Time out. Oh my god! Oh. <laughs> oh. oh my god! <laughs> you gotta take care of your bird's air cavity. Yeah. Well, okay. Look, it's a spacious and it's 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 a spacious interior, but it's not as spacious as you think it is. Still, it's a spacious. It can get mom. a bit tight. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh my god! But, uh, yeah, it just. When you when you stuff the bird, depending on how tightly you stuff it, you, there is no good way to get around saying this. But anyway, um, it it affects the cooking time, and you run the risk of having raw interior. I don't like to take that risk, and I also don't like to screw with the cooking yeah. time because if you have to cook it longer, mm-hmm. then it messes with the moistness of the breast. Because obviously you're going to like cook it covered for a bit, but then you're going to uncover it for like the last, what, hour or so. You don't want to get dry breasts. <laughs> you got to keep those suckers yeah. supple. You want you a gold, you <laughs> golden skin. Just golden skin, moist breast. <laughs> uh, wow, hashtag uh, beauty industry trends. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I echo the sentiments on the stuffing and having had stuffing both cooked within the bird and out, I honestly prefer the flavor and the texture of it just done in a tray outside of the bird. There's something about doing it inside that kind of gums it up and it starts to get like stovetop stuffing as opposed to being able to say, oh, this is a really flavorful bread that's melded with herbs and spices and meat juice and butter. There's butter in it, right? Uh, don't you put globs of butter I in? I put butter in like everything. I don't remember if I put butter in the stuffing. Yeah. We think we think. Butter. Well, you put tons Life's of too short. I know you put, put tons butter. of butter on the turkey. You just like slather that thing. So, what is your preferred method there for going at the turkey in the oven? So, besides, so you stick the onions and the apples inside the cavity. Yeah, we've already talked about the the moistness of the cavern. Yes, you stick some herbs in there as well. But then, as far as the turkey itself. I definitely think that you should be putting butter on it. Put some herbs under the skin. I know Retro Denim Jacket likes this. She likes the herbs under the skin. I mean, those are pretty much the most important part of creating Thanksgiving, so... How do you get the herbs under the skin, though? With a paring knife. So, cut it into the skin. Okay. You've got to be not... You can't be squeamish. If you're squeamish, don't bother. But otherwise... And have some melted butter on the side for basting. But this is, I think, where you're thinking... Hershey's avocado toast of the butter in the stuffing is that when you're basting the bird at the end, baste the stuffing as well, or like have some turkey stock and baste the stuffing as it cooks. I think basting it from the bird juices is probably the best way. I did think we put. I thought we put. We diced up a, a bit of um, butter. Maybe we should try it this year. Just put some uh, put some, butter, some butter cubes throughout. We occasionally mm. put like sausage or bacon, so you get the fat from that. But if you're if you're doing a no pork version, then obviously you need something else in there to make the fat. Some nice West Country butter. Something we haven't tried is cooking the turkey upside down, boobs down. Boobs down. I've seen that. Which is supposed to like get the the fat and the juices going south <laughs> through the through the meat. But how do you make sure <laughs> that the skin gets that nice golden color? You'd have to, like, flip it over for the last hour or something. Yeah. 
And when you have a turkey that's like the size of a small child, that seems very dangerous. Well, this is why we can't let children in the kitchen. They might get basted accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, here, Jimmy got basted baste again. You. Yeah. <laughs> if you aren't buying a turkey that's way too big for how many people you have or for your oven, is it really Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. Mm. Which I think is one of the things with the deep fried turkey. You can't really go as big. True. I mean, you can, but you have to go full America on it. Just go full America on its tail. <laughs> speaking, of <laughs> full, speaking of full America, there's loads of lists available of regional delicacies for Thanksgiving. I feel like delicacy is a... What? Is that the best word? <laughs> well, could be subjective. <laughs> but this one comes to us from uh, the lovely crew at 538 who do lots of in-depth statistical analysis on lots of different topics. It's a pretty good website, guys. Check it out. So they, they've done a poll. This is this is data from 2015, though. But generally speaking, uh, they were trying to find which side dishes were the biggest outlier in terms of being preferable in a region of the U.S. So it's a little skewed in that regard. But generally speaking, it appears that the Northeast, from Pennsylvania, Maryland up, uh, prefers squash as its number one side dish. Oh. Now, considering we're hmm. from that neck of the woods, I think this is a little controversial. I don't think mm-hmm. squash is all that common. No. Roast squash sometimes, but no. I feel like... Mm. The thing with roast squash is that you're doing that in the oven, and you're taking over yeah. the oven with the turkey. So, unless you got a double oven... And the stuffing. Their theory is that Gronk has endorsed squash. Here we go. It's obviously the Patriots' fault. I mean, I have had um, like a mashed squash. So you could down, we could download the full data and look at it. But <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm surprised about squash. Yeah. The southeast, which is basically the Virginias to Mississippi and down to Florida, that southeast southern area, is mac and cheese. All right. I don't think that's too surprising. That's a common side dish in general and big for Thanksgiving. I don't think I've ever had it for Thanksgiving. No. no. I might have. Like I said, it's the it's the carbs thing. Your priority goes to the rolls and the stuffing. Because my family does do a baked uh, macaroni and cheese with like a white cheese sauce and uh, breadcrumbs on the top. So it's possible that made a Thanksgiving appearance once or twice. The rest of the South, Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, is cornbread. Okay. I can see that. The Great Lakes area uh, is rolls and biscuits. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Midwest, so we got the Dakotas, Minnesota, Nebraska, Missouri, that area, is green beans slash casserole. So I don't think they mean green bean casserole, but casseroles of some kind. Since we're here, why don't we talk about green bean casserole? Green bean casserole is a very unique to the U.S. thing. Yeah. I don't actually know entirely what it is. So it's what green beans, mushroom soup, and French's onions? Is hat frozen? I think the person who would know what it is has frozen. (laughs) The two bougie hipsters who don't know what it is are not. Because when we would have green beans, it would be um, with like slivered almonds and butter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Possibly like roasted in the oven. Hello? Hi. Oh, hey. When I said, speaking, since we're here, should we talk about green bean casserole? And then my internet cut. So I didn't hear anything after that. Well, it was that... We don't actually know what goes in it. We assumed that you would. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've never made it, but I think generally speaking, it's green beans. And you can either put them in whole or you can like have and quarter them so they're a little more supple. I prefer that method. But I don't, first of all, I don't care for this side dish. But if I'm going to have it, I like it when it's a little finer. And then I think it's basically like a cream of mushroom soup or cream of something. Like Campbell's can, you, you'd mix into it for the 
the casserole, and then fried onions on the top. Uh, there might be some extra ingredients I'm not aware of, or little, you know, family touches people add, but it's basically a cream of something soup and green beans baked. We always just had steamed or boiled green beans. I would rather just have them separate. Yeah. Yeah. And depending on which elderly relative it was who made them, the color of green would vary. Ooh. Yes. Uh, sometimes they were gray beans. <laughs> Yeah, the gray beans. I should <laughs> say the wars had an I- impact on the way some vegetables were cooked. Yeah, by some of our family members, <laughs> they never really gave that up. <laughs> nope. And then to round out, they have the Midwest. So think like Colorado uh, West. Um, so all the way to the West Coast, including Hawaii and Alaska. Their most preferred side dish is salad. I feel like Hawaii and Alaska must have their own. Yeah. Once again, proving that the East Coast is superior to the West Coast. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Lame salad. Thanksgiving, your your most desired and common side dish is a salad. Well, if you can't stop by a chopped during Thanksgiving to escape your relatives, what are you doing with your life? But no, you're having it with your uh, yeah, yeah. with your turkey. Um, I did read. I don't know if it was this article or another one, but they said that sometimes uh, in Hawaii the turkey is sometimes cooked like in the in the leaves under the sand. I forget the oh. method. Yeah, but I think that yeah, right. That would that be good. would be really that good. Really, really good. I'll try that. Yeah. I think, though, I mean, like Retro Denim Jacket pointed out, anything that takes up oven space is usually less common, especially in areas where people have smaller kitchens and ovens. Yes. Which may account for why casserole is not that big a thing in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. Could be. Could be. That I've seen other articles through the years that go more deep state by state, and, you know, it's... But, yeah, how about that? Hmm. I do enjoy rolls, but you tend to always forget them because they're like the last thing to go in after everything else comes out. Our family is infamous for black bottom rolls. Yep. Halfway through dinner when grandma goes, oh my God, the rolls. <laughs> See, I, I, I'm not I'm opposed. I'm going to get so much flag for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not opposed to some charred buns. <laughs> yeah. They have a nice little snap to them. Well, they definitely get crunchy. <laughs> no, I... For for me, especially if you're talking, okay, so if you're doing like an artisanal roll, yeah, I don't want that to be messed up. But if we're just talking like the Pillsbury, like poppin' fresh type stuff, oh, <laughs> hello, hipster cat. Hello. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> <Come> sir. <laughs> or the, um, I don't know what they're called, but they're, they're like half baked and they're like- The Parker House. They look, well, yeah, they come in like a six pack or 12 and they're like kind of stuck together and then you, Yeah. Yeah, I think those are the Parker House rolls. Th- those, I think, are, are good. That's what we always had. I really like cornbread. Yeah, yeah. I've never had it for Thanksgiving. Cornbread is delicious. Yeah. I, my fear with it for Thanksgiving is I don't know if the texture would hold up to all the other stuff. It feels like a, a wheat-based roll would be better for that. Mm. Now, I would say most obscure side dish that was always a, was always at Thanksgiving growing up but I don't think, I don't know how common it is, is creamed onions with cloves. So like the little pearl silver skin onions in some sort of a cream sauce with clove. I actually love those. Yeah. Those things are little balls of horror. <sighs> Yuck. They're delicious. Why would you add clove though? Uh huh. It's autumnal. It's tasty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's there. Uh, black olives. I'm mm-hmm. not sure that's controversial, but there's always like a little bowl of pitted black olives or olive slices hanging around for Thanksgiving. Yep. 
I think a lot of Thanksgiving is about the colors. You need the variety of colors on your plate. Mm-hmm. Deviled eggs. Okay, now that one is controversial. <laughs> that yeah. might just be a family thing for me. That's not. That doesn't go with Thanksgiving. That's deviled not. eggs go with everything. <laughs> now, outside the mains, you then have uh, the highly risky. Do you have cheese and crackers before dinner? No. I don't know about you guys, but just the way my body works is that I need to eat all day. Otherwise, I will not eat at dinner. Like those, I can't fast all day. It then impacts how much I can eat later. I feel like it's like little snacks all day, but the cheese and crackers and maybe some sort of like veg and dip before dinner was always pretty common for any sort of family holiday. Mm-hmm. And I think partially because the idea of not having some sort of nibbles with cocktail hours seemed blasphemous, but also it shut people up about when dinner was going to be. Yeah, yeah. Because inevitably something took longer than it was supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Or you lit the turkey on fire or, you know, the kitchen just has exploded. I don't care about your body's needs. You have breakfast and then you wait for Thanksgiving and then you have a huge feast. And you're supposed to be hungry when everything's coming out. <laughs> but what if you've gotten ravenous like an hour or two before? Eat before the little dinner? child that's running around the kitchen, but not cheese platter. I don't know. I, I Jimmy's already pasted. Like- <laughs> <laughs> I recommend a clarified butter when basting your child. Yes. <laughs> uh, do we? Well, we well, do not endorse. The basting or eating of any human being. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) And then, of course, after you have your your dinner and you're feeling quite ill, that's when you roll out the pies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would say that the staples you have to have are pumpkin and pecan. I'm going to be controversial and say that you don't need to have any fruit pies. Like, no apple pie needs to be there. No cherry pie. Cherry pie just doesn't go with the atmosphere. Like, what are no. you? But no. I, I don't see any point in having a fruit pie. I think, for me, the only reason to have it is if everyone dislikes pecan and pumpkin, or you've taken one of them, or, or you've taken one of them off the table. Literally, if they don't like those, why are they at your house? Why are you inviting those people over? Because we're related. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one pie that we used to have growing up and here it's a christmas thing and it's served slightly differently is mince pie Mm. because grandma would go and get them at the bakery and mom loves mince pie and usually thanksgiving is on or around her birthday Mm -hmm. and so mince pie was one of the ones that we would always have but it was like proper full pie sized so the mince filling to pie crust ratio is very different than mince pies you get here in the UK at Christmas, which are petite. Mm-hmm. And actually, I like that type of mince pie better because I don't really like crust. Crust is my favorite part of pie. Yeah, that's just weird. I never said it was normal. I if I could just have filling, I would just have filling. So I feel like Heritage Avocado Toast is looking up common pies yes and while i agree with your position both of pumpkin and pecan pie and there's no place for fruit necessary we're both going to be disappointed because apparently the most popular 
pies for Thanksgiving in America, according to Food Today, are apple pie, mm-hmm. cherry pie, and strawberry pie. Strawberry uh, pie! It's not even strawberry season! It's autumn! Okay, here we go. Like- Here's another one, which is... Plus, if you're gonna have strawberry, it's gotta be strawberry rhubarb. Released yeah. by someone on Instagram, but it's a, um... Wait, did Instagram send their own thing? No. Hold on. This uh, this episode entitled no. <laughs> Watch Live as Heritage Avocado Toast Fumbles with Social Media. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, it is Instagram. Instagram itself released a, a an infographic in 23rd of November 2020. Popular Thanksgiving pie by state. There's a surprising amount of blueberry pie. Re- yeah, exactly. Why? Re- read it and summarize so, the findings for our, our listening viewers. Uh, <laughs> um... The most number of states uh, fall into cranberry pie, which I will allow. I've never had cranberry pie. Never had it? Never heard of it. I feel like it'd be delicious. Uh, That that seems to be in the Midwest and in the... No, that's that's cherry pie. Uh, The cherry and the cranberry look very similar. The next most popular is sweet potato pie, which I feel like we missed. I've never had that either. I... I haven't had it, but I've heard a lot of people say that they per- it's sort of like the alternate to pumpkin. Just I can make yeah. a pumpkin pie. Yeah. So then it's cherry, blueberry, pecan, strawberry, pumpkin Weird. only has three states, and apple, which only has one state. Well, contradicting uh, opinions there between the two sources today, but... Um... How is pumpkin I, I just, pie not number one? I don't know. It's, it's in all yeah. of the Hallmark Thanksgiving movies. I, it's only in California, Nevada, and Arizona. Well, that it's the most popular. Well, it's in Pennsylvania. Sweet potato. Sweet potato pie is not the most popular Thanksgiving pie in Pennsylvania. Get out of town. I don't know. That's what it says. I'm looking up cranberry pie now. I I might change my position on fruit pies. Just for cranberry. I, I feel just like I cranberry. would, too. I wonder if an apple cranberry pie would be nice. Oh, that sounds delicious. Rhubarb? Because one of my issues with apple is just, I don't mind it. It's just so sweet. Yeah. Not as sweet as cherry, if you do it wrong. Cherry pie can be very, oof. I enjoy like a good apple tart. Mm. But I think the other issue I have with fruit pies is that it has a crust top. Yeah. And as we've established, I don't like crust. So I see no point in adding more of it. That's fair. I feel like Heritage Avocado Toast is very disappointed in the findings. I am really, really disappointed wow. that pecan is not higher because that is the best pie in the world. And pumpkin is the, the second best pie in the world. I don't understand what these people are talking about. Yeah. Well, and shameless pug, if you're looking for a good pecan pie, we have a recipe for bourbon pecan pie over on the blog because what's better than pecan? Pecan with bourbon. Yep. Everything should have a little bit of booze in it. I guess the thing is, I know a lot of people get put off by pumpkin because it's not sweet enough. So this is something that I've run into in this country is that a lot of people Hmm. get confused by pumpkin pie and thinking that it's going to be super sweet because it's a pie and it's a dessert. But it's actually more of, you know, pumpkin-y custard and it's not as sweet. It's more spice. Yeah, that's what I like about it. I'm not a super sweet It's still sweet sweet enough, though. Like, you'd never have it and be confused about sugar. You know what I mean? Like, it's... Yeah. Whereas, like, fruit pies are sweet. Yeah. If you want to balance it out, take a pumpkin and a pecan slice and pecan. Yeah, pecan pie is is very 
sweet. Very sweet. I would say that sugar. one is yeah. my favorite type of dog, the Peacup Tekanese. <laughs> it's basically <laughs> a, a brown sugar pie or a treacle pie or whatever with nuts on, on top mostly because they all float to the top. Yeah. Everything's better with nuts. Nuts are very buoyant. Nuts are very buoyant. Nuts float in water and liquid. <laughs> oh my god. Is that true or not? Tune in next week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I no. Uh, I will budge on some applesauce. I will not budge on the pies. Nope. Okay. That's my line. Wait, That's the line. So are you saying no to cranberry as well? Um, yeah. I mean the only reason I would potentially allow it is if it was super important to Cold brew kombucha. To somebody at the... Yeah. I feel like cranberry orange as like a play on the relish would be a really delicious mm. pie. There's already enough cranberry on the table. There's a, Excuse me? <laughs> There's never enough cranberry on the table. In fact, mm. one of the cheesies that you should be serving in your cheese platter beforehand is a cranberry Wensleydale. <laughs> Serve it at Christmas. Because there's never enough cranberry on the table. No, there isn't. I want it in my bread. I want it next to my turkey or on my turkey. I want it in my pie. I want it everywhere. Yep. Oh, uh, also shameless plug over on the blog, cranberry maple old fashioned. Because you also want cranberry in with your bourbon in your cocktail. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah, that's okay. Well, Oof. I feel now that we've finished our meal on the disappointing note of having accidentally eaten the fruit pie (laughs) (laughs) and we're all feeling a bit full and a little bit sick we should probably close this podcast (laughs) unless anyone has anything else to add i'm stuffed i'm full (laughs) (laughs) so thanks for joining us listeners if you're celebrating thanksgiving uh be safe Don't leave your cooking unattended. You know, don't start a grease fire. And have a happy Thanksgiving. If you liked what you are hearing, then leave us a rating. Remember to follow us and head over to the blog for more content and to check out our merch at hipsteratthome.co.uk. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye now. You're not doing an intro. You're not shutting up. You ain't even thinking of one. Oh, do you have an intro? Yeah. Oh. Whoa. Sorry, I didn't think you had one ready.